This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodrich anderson president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So mark your calendars. There's some important dates coming up, healthcare enrollment dates and retirement contribution dates. These dates might have an impact on your personal finances. If you have any questions, you can ask them now before those deadlines pass. Actually, we'll take any personal finance question today. You can contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy and Ryder. Nancy, uh, let's uh, start with you. What uh, news caught your eye this week? Well, we just got uh, news about increases in the amount of contributions to retirement plans next year. And in particular, um, the 401k has increased dramatically. So this year, the total amount you could contribute if you were under 50 was 20500 That is going up to 22000 500. That's a big jump, $2,000. And if you're 50 or older, the catch-up is 7500 So next year, if you're over 50, you can contribute a total of $30,000. Wow. That's a huge savings because that's not subject to federal income tax. Yes, they take out Social Security and Medicare, but because of the tax break, you know, that contribution can save you, depending on your income tax, anywhere from 6000 all the way up to maybe 10000 or more. Um, it's also a good time of year just to look at the fund choices within your 401k. You don't need to obsess over it all year long, but certainly when we get to the end of the year, look at how much are you contributing. Okay, maybe you can't aim for the maximum amount, but can you do just a little bit more next year? Maybe you've gotten a big cost of living raise, and you can slice a little bit off of that to go into next year's retirement. It's a good time to do that. Look at those funds, and don't judge them based on this year's performance. It was not a good year for the market, but judge them based on what your overall goals are. And if you need some help on looking at those and choosing those funds, get someone, a professional, to look at that, take a peek into it, and help you with those choices. If you have a life cycle fund, also known as a target retirement date fund, remember that's the only fund you need. All the diversification is in that one fund, and it gets more conservative as you age, as you get closer to retirement. And I remember one tip that we've given in the past is if you ever get a, a bump in the salary or, as you said, the cost of living increase, that to, to go ahead and, and invest it or put it in savings or your retirement account right away so that you don't get used to having that kind of in your monthly budget to where you can play around with it. If you do it right when you get it, uh, you'll kind of really never miss it because, you know, you're used to dealing with that set amount of money. Exactly. And, and at the very least, split it. So cut it in half and now you feel like you have more in your pocket and more is going to retirement. So any kind of trick you can use to get that money out of your hot hands. That's important. And and uh, I mean, like a lot of people are getting this year more cost of living uh, raises and the cost of living for a lot of people has gone up. So of course, 
make make sure you are taken care of there and are hitting those other goals too. But absolutely, we love making it automatic. We love taking it taking it out of our pockets uh, quickly and putting it into savings and investments. So what else on your mind this week? So uh, the IRS increasing the limits, that was fantastic, um, just across the board on the standard deduction and the tax brackets as well. So folks, if you're just getting something like a cost of living adjustment, then you're not necessarily going to be bumping yourself into a higher tax bracket. You don't really have to worry about that. And that's a kind of a nice thing about the inflation adjustment of tax brackets. One th- part of inflation is house prices, and we've talked about that a lot this year. We started talking in the beginning of the year about a lot of anecdotal evidence of houses staying on the market longer, more houses coming to market. And so that kind of indicated a slowdown in purchasing. We've got a little more evidence of that now. Uh, For two months now, we've had slight decreases in the National House Price Index. That's a Case-Shiller House Price Index. It's down just over 1% from June. And this measures existing single-family house sales. So it's down 1.3%, but this is not – this itself is, is is not a house price crash or anything. The, the prices have been rising so quickly over the last two and three years. So this is po- possibly just a little breather. Uh, we, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, anecdotally, uh, so we talked about anecdotally this was happening, more inventory coming to market, and that inventory is – up a little. It's up a little more than expected. That is super cyclical. Uh, And it's still low overall, but it is a little higher than we would have expected it to be around this time of year. So it's nice that maybe some houses are being a little coming a little bit more affordable. At the same time, mortgage prices make it less affordable. (laughs) And at the same time as well, the function of builders wanting to build more houses and bring them to market, that's discouraging them. So while, yes, I think a lot of houses do need to be more affordable so that people can live in houses, that's why we have them, uh, we also still need to be encouraging builders to build, and, and that's just not happening in this environment. This is Money Talks. If you have a personal finance question this morning that you need answered, you can email the show by sending it to money at mpbonline.org. So today we're going to talk about some of the dates coming up that you might need to have on your calendar. Our first date actually started earlier this month. Nancy, what started on October 1st? Oh, this is a big one if you have a high school senior in your house or a college student. Um, it is time to fill out that FAFSA that stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And so it opened up October 1st, and you need to get all of your information together, all of your pertinent information, federal income tax information, because you'll have to complete all of that to see if you are eligible. And um, especially for those high school seniors, I know people are getting busy with all kinds of things heading into the holidays. But you really need to have all of this done and your options laid out by the spring. And so to go ahead and get started on that paperwork um, and gather all of your information to see what kind of aid is available. And, of course, um, that's going to depend on what college you're Uh, your child actually ends up choosing and to figure out what is this going to cost you and what kind of gap you're going to be looking at. So you can go to studentaid.gov for help on the FAFSA. Also, there's the My Student Aid mobile app that you could download for a smartphone. 
Uh, so, uh, Ryder, when it comes to paying off student loans, there's a date coming up uh, of some importance. Yes. And first, I want to add to that this the FAFSA, they've started doing that earlier and earlier in the year. Um, well, earlier and earlier in the school year, October doesn't feel like it's early in the year. And with that change, it's not anymore looking at last year's income data. It's looking at two years ago income data. So we've talked about this before. It makes it more important for planning ahead. If you are doing things with your own income and savings and financial planning yourself, you've got to think about college planning for your child a year ahead because what you made in 2020 is what's going on your FAFSA um, now. So uh, just because uh, the October 1st opening date, some people may not have actually completed their um, their taxes in that time uh, because they had until. So can you say FAFSA three times fast? <laughs> I can say FAFSA three times fast. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to try that. Not not live uh, yes. here. Um, so when you're paying back those student loans, there's a very important deadline coming up very soon in a few days. If you are at all eligible for public service loan forgiveness, that's the PSLF. That is the 10 years of public service, which is typically government employees, uh, teachers. There are a lot of nonprofit positions that are that are eligible for this treatment. They have recently just streamlined and expanded the eligibility definitions there, just made sure everyone who was originally intended to be included does get included. So that includes a lot of nonprofit employees. But that deadline, if you have any past payments, maybe they were partial payments, missed payments, there are payments under the wrong plan, there were payments before you had done all of the right things with your servicer to tell them that you were going for the public service loan forgiveness. All these past payments, you may have miscellaneous ones. This is really just kind of an administrative paperwork cleanup. You have until the end of the month, that is six days from now, to, Coming fast. to work with your servicer to make sure those past payments, including partial payments, get included on that public service loan forgiveness record because it is a total of 120 payments that you need for that, which we always say is 10 years of payments. But that could be, you know, multiple stretches of employment. That can be, again, some where there were missed payments or, or minor uh, incomplete payments. So that's going to be a big deal. And then, of course, next End of next year is when the deadline for the uh, recently announced $10,000 or $20,000 forgiveness is currently tied up in states. I'm not 100% sure of the status of that. It's still in the court system right now, but the Biden administration has uh, opened up the application process. Mm -hmm. They are encouraging uh, everyone to go ahead and apply mm -hmm. And um, and you can do that at the, the uh, Department of Education website and get that done. We do have several states that are trying to hold this up, and we're just waiting to see what will happen. But go ahead and be ready. Absolutely. Get your information in there. So we've talked about uh, paying for college and a number of times on our show. If you want to go back and listen to some of the archive programs for more information, there is uh, October 26th of 2016, October 10th of 2017, August 28th of 2018, and January 8th of 2019. Just a couple of past episodes of Money Talks uh, that you might consider listening to when thinking about paying for college. 
If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Today, we're talking about dates you might need to mark on your calendar. This is Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app. Then you can listen on your iPhone or Android phone to all of the local MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Uh, when we were talking about the public service loan forgiveness uh, uh, a, a program, my uh, producer Liz Gill did want us to mention veterans and active duty uh, military are also eligible for that. So uh, we've got a caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Mike in Tupelo. Mike, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. Um, a comment and then a question. The, the comment, I've been interested in I-bonds and uh, went on the government website, set up my account, and then found out you have to do a signature page with a medallion certification by a bank officer, which you then mail in. And no, you don't. Up, well, I did. <clears throat> and then it take, can take up to 13 weeks to get uh, that back. Mm-hmm. And, okay. But it didn't, it didn't take that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but this number they sent me, my account number and everything, the information, um, when you go on the website to you know, go ahead and start trying to move some money, none of it matched up with the numbers, that the, the choices in there. So then you get a number, you can call the phone number, and I've not been able to get through. Uh, it's a two-hour wait every time I call. So just a comment that if you're thinking about doing I-bonds, it's a little more complicated than I thought. So. Well, Mike, I was uh, just helping uh, some clients of ours at the end of last week and even over the weekend trying to sign up for I-bonds. And there were a couple of issues that popped up. The first is I think the site is just being besieged right now because everybody is trying to get in by October 28th. Um, The second thing that popped up with this person was we either had a problem with the banking information, which is why they are then asking for this additional form with, um, I thought it was a notary, but it may be a a medallion signature in your case, in order to verify that you are this person and this is the correct bank account for them to reach into. Um, And there is that 13 weeks that they mentioned, but I'm glad to know that yours came through quicker. But there have been some problems with the site. I did it myself, and it was very easy. I didn't have any issues. The other thing that uh, I wondered about when I was working with this couple as they were trying to, to each sign up individually was that maybe we had some identity issues. So we've either got some problems with identity issues, with banking information, and that sounds like what it might be happening on your end. The banking information wasn't complete and they're, they're requiring something extra in that case. Um, also, I just think the site is just being just – a lot of people are on it right now trying to get signed up, and that's what's happening. Yeah, uh, I agree, because, I mean, it's a great deal. I mean, you can only yes. do 10000 but the interest rate is, is certainly worth chasing, trying to get, get something, you know, get it in there. And I'm going to keep pursuing it, but I just, uh, just thought I'd mention that. My second – I had a question, though. So separate from I-bonds, we hear a lot of talk about recession and some of the large companies doing layoffs and, you know, kind of anticipation of the downturn in the economy. Um, General strategy, 
for investments and how to manage things going forward. Um, obviously, the stock market's got a lot of volatility, but it's at a low point. Um, you know, just some general information and guidance as we look towards a possible recession. Sure. And I think that's an important point you raise. The stock market is at a low point, And what we usually see and what we kind of expect to see is the stock market being a leading indicator. So it would decline in advance uh, before a recession happened is what we often see is what that decline starting to happen. Uh, that, of course, does not mean that there, it doesn't have any more to fall. That doesn't mean a recession gets announced that the stock market's like, oh, thank goodness I can go back up now. That's not necessarily what can happen. But again, you are already at a much lower point than you were a year ago. So many people who were thinking of investing a year ago and were investing a year ago, well, why would you not continue investing today? I always say the decision to invest has a whole lot more to do with your personal financial situation than with what is going on in the market today. So if you have money that you need to grow over the long term, over 5, 10, 15 years, uh, 15 year, somewhere between 10 and 15 years is, is, is the number, uh, the, the length of time which the U.S. stock market historically, again, historically, doesn't mean in the future, uh, has never had a down period that long. So we do expect over those long term, over the long term, what you expect is companies will make money. Money, companies will grow, companies will return money to shareholders, and that's that's what the stock market is. So if your plans in, have long-term money, then that's when you need to invest, not just speculating on the market. Um, also, Mike, know that Thursday of this week, we're going to have the latest numbers on our GDP, our gross domestic product which is a measure of the health of the economy. We're expecting a pretty decent number, somewhere 2 to 2.5%. Now, um, That's backwards economic, looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any economic numbers we get are about what has already happened. And um, that doesn't tell us what's happening in the future. But we saw a couple of quarters with a slight negative, and again, economic numbers often get adjusted and restated. So we're not even sure if those are going to be solid for us. Um, but it could be that with a recession, and many times with a recession, we're already out of it before the economists can look back and say, oh, there it was. And there we see we're already living out of it. We don't quite know. Um, as Ryder mentioned, we are hearing about some layoffs and some hiring slowdowns. Um, but we're just waiting to see, is the labor market still strong enough to be able to absorb some of those people? And we're going to see the real effects coming forward. All right, uh, Mike, thanks for your phone call this morning. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, so, uh, Nancy, in the discussion of I-bonds, you mentioned another deadline, October 28th. What is that? Um, that's if you want to get the current rate. Okay. Which is 9.62%. That's the annual rate. But as Ryder yeah. keeps reminding us, it is reset every six months, so mm -hmm. you're guaranteed that half. Yeah, and and I would expect what I mean. They haven't announced what the new rate that would come out. I guess on the 28th or 29th, but um, inflation has remained high. So yeah. we would mm -hmm. we, we did It'll we did good. have a couple of low to flat months, but um, it's year on year. I believe is what they're looking at. Still high, so we'd expect something still generous. 
So our next date is something that uh, I'm going to have to be thinking about in the next in the uh, several years from now, and that is October fifteenth. Ryder, what's uh, what it's all how, about? How that? many years? How many years, Kevin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Four, I think. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, so that's an important date for those of you who have had a birth date, which is your 65th birth date or not. That is Medicare open enrollment that uh, began October 15th and uh, runs through December 2nd. Um, so this is when you can enroll in a Medicare plan. Uh, this is kind of how, how health insurance is done. There is a period when it you can change, and that just keeps folks from changing health insurance plans just because their health changed. There are, of course, a few other exceptions, mostly moving if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan because those are state-regulated. Uh, if you're dropped by an employer plan, those fairly fairly common reason for being able to change you have a you have a two month window you can change in um, if you have both interestingly if you have both Medicare and Medicaid this will apply to a lot of people in Mississippi then and you are using one or the other for various parts you, you can you can do some switching around throughout the year so this is the time when you need to review your coverage on drug and health care, uh, health insurance plan options. Yeah, again, you have until December 7th this year to do that. You have all those options are on Medicare.gov. Go to Medicare.gov. That is your the authoritative source. That is, that is the Medicare website. Again, like Sean Mercer always says, a dot gov website um there not only is there especially in the world of medicare so much spam and, and fraud people trying to lure you into some scheme uh using your medicare eligibility but also there's just a lot of the medicare advantage the private health insurance companies there's just a lot of those companies with their websites offering their point of view, and, and not to say they're not providing valuable insurance or a valuable, helpful service, but again, they are not the authoritative Medicare.gov. Um, costs, coverages, offerings can change. Of course, there's uh, going to be inflation adjustments to your uh, premiums paid and various coverage. All those, all those numbers will change, and it's just good to be familiar with those. So, there's the two ways you can have just Medicare or you can have Medicare Advantage, as I alluded to, and that's the the, the kind of private provided uh, Medicare plan. Just bear in mind with those, they do have like traditional health insurance plans, they will have a network and that network can change and they'll have some slightly different rules. They may have some fun little benefits. I always get, I have recently started getting a lot of Medicare related junk oh. mail at my house. Uh, how old and, are you now? Well, and so, but it also, I also get the invitations to the steak dinners where they try to sell you an annuity. <laughs> and if you look at the fine print, it says you cannot be age under age 65 or a financial advisor, and I'm like, what are you doing sending this to me? Um, so I've, I've started getting a lot of those Medicare ones, and, and I've noticed they're, they're, they have some interesting perks and benefits, and so some of those may fit folks' lives really well, but always look at that uh, Medicare.gov website for the real info. 
No, I'm going to do what uh, Joe Namath, J.J. Walker, and uh, William Shatner tell me to do. That's what I'm going to do. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, you know, if you've been watching network television, you know it's oh my, Medicare oh gosh. enrollment right now. My gosh. And I really had to laugh at one I watched uh, last night that said, you know, they were just complaining because, oh, my gosh, if you have parts A and B, you don't get to have part C. I'm like, well, of course not, because you either have A, B, and D, or you have C, which is the Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. You don't have both of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're always cautioning people about Medicare Part C. As Ryder mentioned, you're limited to a certain set of providers. Um, It sounds like a great deal. They'll tell you, oh, you're going to be able to sign up, not even have to pay premiums. It's wonderful. Um, Often you get what you pay for. And the quality of those plans varies by state because it's Mm -hmm. insurance and it's governed by state. In Mississippi, most of the time we end up pointing people to just the traditional Medicare. It's a better deal, Mm -hmm. A, B, and then D. So this is the time to, if you have that, just to go, all you need to do is just look at your D plan. You know, have my drugs Mm -hmm. changed? Do I need to change that? Otherwise, you're good. Now, know that, Kevin, when you first turn 65, you're not stuck with that open enrollment period. Instead, you need to make sure that you sign up within that period of time around your Mm -hmm. 65th birthday. So I think it's the two months before, the two months after, and the month of your birth date that, uh, that gives you that window of time. And if you sign up Outside of that window, they're going to charge you more for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so they do give you a generous period. We, I know we're throwing out a lot of letters, but there are even more letters. We don't super need to get into those. But oh my the, God. The, 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 dr- the drug plan, the plan D, I know it can be really intimidating to think about, oh, how do I know which one is the best to sign up for? How do I know which one I need? One, with plan D, the drug plan, you – Log in to Medicare.gov. If your medications are not already there, you can plug them in, and it will just show you, here's what you will be paying over the next year with these various plans. And you pretty much just pick the one that you know works with your pharmacy and is cheapest. It's, it's, it's actually, they make it very easy for you. So it's, it's not something to be intimidated about. Like Nancy said, if you sign up late, there are penalties. Then there are a lot of other plans that have kind of a supplement. I don't know what all the letters are. I suppose they start at E and go on until maybe they... No, it's F, G, and oh, all they the start way down. at F. Okay, they start at F. I don't know if they tip into the Greek alphabet or anything, <laughs> but um, kind of like hurricane names have done, but... Those can offer some additional things, particularly for folks who may live abroad. I know we have uh, one of our favorite callers from, is it Peru, Peru. was it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So he's probably looking at some of those, offering foreign coverage, travel coverage, other sorts of coverage, which, again, are things that the Medicare Advantage program may offer. And they say, oh, Medicare A and B don't offer this. But look at those uh, supplemental policies with those other letters. They may offer that. and, And you may be able to get the coverage, the specific coverage that you're needing by looking at those. And the Medicare puts out a very good pamphlet with a lot of words telling you everything you need to know about Medicare. But there is a chart that just has a very simple comparison of what all those different plans are. And you can just say, well, this is what I need and this is what I don't need. Therefore, this is the letter that I'm going to go with. This is Money Talks. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. 
We're talking about dates you might need to mark on your calendar. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We are talking about days that you might want to circle on your calendar, but first we do have another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Carol calling in from Moss Point. Good morning, Carol. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, thanks for what you're doing with your show. I just wanted to point out uh, one thing. If you have traditional Medicare, there's not an upper limit on what you might have to pay out if you, if you should get into some sort of an expensive situation. Versus with the Med Advantage plans or the Med Shots, those are all different, I know, but you you can get plans that do have an upper limit that will, end of the year, you're, you're done. You know what your max can be. And that can yeah. be an important consideration for people. That That's Thanks, a very important Carol. point. Yeah, yeah. That, that is something we, we missed out on earlier. Because and, if you have a medical Carol, emergency, it's not going to be inexpensive. That's not no, what you need insurance for. You need it for the expensive <laughs> um, yeah. times. I'm not a fan yeah. of Part C plans. Uh, I tend to encourage people just to look at the traditional plans if they live in Mississippi. All right, Carol. Right. Um, thanks ahead. a lot. Just wanted to, I, I just I just wanted to bring that up. I mean, we we travel. We have military children, and they're all over the place, and it. The Medicare, traditional Medicare, allows you to travel. It doesn't have those restrictions exactly. that the sure. Mississippi yeah. plans do. But on the other hand, if you get into a pickle someplace or even in Mississippi, you can very quickly wipe out an awful lot of hard work and savings. I was a public school teacher, and savings, I mean, savings were hard to come by, and I'd just as soon not have them wiped out. Thanks for the call, Carol. And that just uh, p- points out that, uh, as we've mentioned, you know, do your research and uh, find out what fits specifically for your situation and, and try to make the most exactly. informed choice. Exactly. Thanks. We appreciate you guys. Have a good day. All right. Thanks for Thanks. the phone call. Uh, so let's see. We're talking about dates you need to mark on your calendar. Ryder, coming up next, we're going to talk about November 1st. What is that about? So November 1st, it's going to sound like I'm repeating myself, open enrollment for purchasing health insurance on the uh, healthcare marketplace. That is healthcare.gov. That is the Affordable Care Act uh, Health Insurance uh, Act. There we go. Act twice. Uh, so that runs from November 1st through January 15th. Uh, that's January 15th next year. So similar time frame, just a, a month ahead. And this is for folks who, if you don't have employer coverage, if you don't have coverage directly with the insurance provider, you can check out the health health insurance marketplace and see what plans are available. This is the kind of the gold, silver, bronze well, and platinum, I believe, plans that that are talked about sometimes. And so it's for folks who don't have coverage through job, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, the Children's Health Insurance Program, or any other source. This is where you go to get it. Uh, you pay for the insurance depending on your income. 
uh, and you can qualify for tax credits lowering your insurance bill, uh, and there could be extra savings on out-of-pocket costs like deductibles and co-payments. And all of this is just based on your income, and I believe the website is fairly good about showing you what all those costs will be. I do, if, if you think back to when this was launched, there are so many hiccups with it, but it has improved so much, and it is, it's just, it's the place where you go to look for your health coverage. Um, Online is probably the best uh, place to apply, healthcare.gov. But of course, that's not accessible for everybody. You can do it by phone or with the help of someone in your community. They have, I forget what they're called, they're uh, healthcare.gov, like um, shepherds. I forget the name of them. It used to be a much much bigger thing, having community advocates, having people who are basically just trained to to walk through the process with you just because it was long, complicated, and frustrating. That has gotten better. So again, if if you're online savvy, you can can probably do this. Um, There are some partner websites. There are paper applications. But again, the healthcare.com gov is probably your best bet again that gov is what's important always watch out for there is a lot of information out there about health insurance but just always always go to that source verify it with the source and that's healthcare.gov and so nancy before we leave healthcare one other date or range of dates that is uh, these are for employer sponsored healthcare and people who have uh, healthcare uh, provided by their employer the month of october is important why is that Right. And know that about 80% of us get our health insurance through our employers. And uh, for that batch of people, you're having to consider what kind of coverage you need. If you have a two-income household, often it's very common for one person to put their family plan on, so to add their children mm-hmm. or uh, to their plan, because typically employers will pay for some portion of that employee, but not the additional family members. So you have to consider that. But starting in October is typically the time when, when you can go back and look at that and see if that fits you, see if you need to swap over with your family plans. Also, if you have a health savings account. And a health savings account is a way for you to put aside funds that are not taxed and used for specific health purposes and um, and for those, well, no, 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 not a health savings account. What is it called, Ryder? I lost it. Where it's you have an, a cafeteria plan, right? And you have it, and if the end of the year comes and you don't use it, you lose it. Oh, oh, and also uh, the flexible savings or FSAs. Those also have a, those also have a use it or lose it feature. Right. So you need to make sure, did I use all of that? Can I set aside a little bit more or did I do too much? And what's coming up in the next year? So you can think about any kind of elective surgeries that you have coming up uh, along the way. Um, You can do things outside of that window if you have a qualifying event. Mm -hmm. So you have special enrollment opportunities if you have some kind of change in your hours, if there's a death or divorce. Uh, a legal separation or anything like that that would make you want to go back and adjust your coverage. There are some ways for you to get around that particular event, and you would have 30 days 
around that qualifying event to change your plan. Mm-hmm. And and the word we were looking for, uh, the folks who can help you with the healthcare.gov application, those are healthcare navigators, sometimes community navigators. navigators. Uh, and so you do see that advertised sometimes. Not Those are often just run by local nonprofits and, and they will, or maybe attached to a local Medicaid office. So folks advertising that community nav- community healthcare navigator service uh, if you do need that extra help with the application. And know that Mississippi still has not expanded Medicaid and has not fully taken advantage of the Affordable Care Act. There are other states out there who are taking a second look at that and considering that change. And just a, a quick note, the uh, plan we have here, the cafeteria plan, actually has started to allow some rollover of funds from one uh, calendar year to the next. Oh, so that's, good. That's very, nice. that's very helpful. Yeah. On Money Talks today, we're talking about dates that you might want to circle on your calendar. Here's a program reminder. Tuesdays at 10, listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I believe their guest this morning is Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman. Uh, one last date. Uh, what? Well, no, I actually think we got t- two dates left to kind of talk about on our list of important dates to think about. Uh, Nancy, back to you on this one. Uh, we've got some time before this next one, but it's January 17th, 2023. What is that the importance of that date? Oh, my goodness. That's the last date for estimated tax payments. And, of course, even though that occurs in January of 2023, that's the last estimated tax payment for 2022. So for most people who just work at a job and you have payroll your taxes are taken out with each pay period. But for anybody who has earnings outside of that, if you're a self-employed individual, certainly we are at my business, we are uh, an S corporation. And so uh, Ryder and I both pay uh, estimated tax payments. If you are part of the gig economy, you know, you drive an Uber, you do Airbnb, um, you may want to consider paying some tax payments because if you don't pay in as much as you're supposed to, then you could have a penalty. So check with your CPA or your tax preparer to see if estimated payments are something that would be helpful or something that you need to be doing along the way. Um, Most people just think about, gosh, it's just going to come through my payroll, and then they're surprised at the end when they have a big tax bill. So this is one way for you to go ahead and prepare for that. You are required to make payments based on the previous year's income, regardless of what's happening this year. If not, you could be facing some penalties. This is Money Talks. We're going to head back to the phone lines and invite John from Mobile on the air with us. Go ahead, John. It's your turn. Thank you, Kevin, for taking my call. Uh, I had a question about the uh, health care provider for uh, Medicare that I signed up with when I went on um, Social Security uh, a few years ago. And uh, since I signed up, um, I seem to have lost my ophthalmologist, my dentist, and my GP uh, because, uh, well, let's see, the ophthalmologist was dropped from their network because, I, according to them, it was too small. Uh, the dentist... Uh, seemed to think everything was okay, but now they sent me a $300 bill. And my GP, uh, it was sort of a, uh, they dropped them. It was a uh, multi-physician practice. Uh, Dropped them, then it was on again, then it was off again, then now it's on again. Uh, Is that an indication I should um, 
leave this uh, national health care provider. It's the navy blue one. Uh, I'm not sure I should name it. Yeah, probably, probably, um, because what you have is Part C, and um, you're in Alabama, so that is governed by Alabama's insurance department. And the problem that we mentioned earlier in the show is that these are um, preferred provider plans. And so if your provider is in there, it might be fine. But what you're talking about is changes in your provider that make that plan not as valuable. This is open enrollment period. I would encourage you to go back and look at the traditional um, Medicare plans, just using A, B, and then choosing a Part D. Um, People are being enticed by these Advantage plans, these Part C plans, with, oh, they're going to cover dental, they're going to cover hearing, they're going to cover your eyeglasses, even your gym membership. But, and then um, they don't. And again, <laughs> yeah, and then but they not don't. the specific one you actually yes. want. Yes. So that's, that's the problem with them. And uh, you need to be very careful in your experience with this Part C. Uh, John, how long have you had this Part C plan? Oh, I'd say uh, five years. Okay, so are you just now noticing some erosion of the value? Um, well, let's see. I, I lost my ophthalmologist. I haven't uh, had an eye exam in three years um, uh-huh. because I guess I'm careless in, in finding another one. But uh, they, they, they dropped the, this small practice, but I like them very much because they're friendly and they explain anything. You could talk to them. Um, the dentist uh, doesn't say anything. Uh, everything seems to go uh, go swimmingly, but then uh, back in Didn't August, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a big bill and wondered what happened. And, and then this chaos with my uh, mm. general practitioner, my uh, what is it, principal care provider, PCP, um, is uh, just daunting. And I'm wondering what happened to all the uh, wonderful uh, care I was supposed to be getting. And cover that it. private com- insurance company has to make money. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you just need to go back and look at the traditional plans, and uh, it, it might be more expensive, but, again, you get what you pay for is mm-hmm. what you're telling us along the way. And I think for a lot of people it's very important to continue with a provider that you trust, that you feel like answers your questions, and you're comfortable with, and what uh, another caller mentioned earlier is any kind of travel, you run into all kinds of problems when you have a PPO versus I've got Medicare, they're going to take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I think I should mention for your other listeners uh, is that uh, when I first signed up, uh, the people that uh, helped me sign up for Social Security and Medicare were so thorough that it all seemed seamless and uh, really kind of invisible. So when all this happens, it's kind of like driving on the interstate and suddenly, wow, you're uh, all potholes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's a good point. You know, it, it's so comforting, so comforting when you have someone who is able to help you that much, especially again, it, it's kind of a, it's a it can be a daunting task. You're signing up for you're retiring, you're signing up for Social Security, Medicare, all of these things. It can be a daunting task and having someone help you through that process is valuable. Uh, but the problem you illustrate, I really appreciate you calling in, John. 
problem you illustrate is that is probably one of the most common things people complain about, not just Medicare Advantage. I'm not, I'm not just picking on them, but any health insurance plan is, oh, is that on them. they get, <laughs> all right. Uh, they, they, they are comfortable with the providers they have. They like the providers they have. The providers they have know their history and know what specific concerns to look for. And they remember that incident 10 years ago that might come back to bite you. And that's so important in healthcare when you're trying to look at that comprehensively and holistically in your own body. And, um, and so when your network changes, that can be one of the harshest things some, many people are willing to pay the price, but not if you don't have it in your network. Uh, John, be aware that that person that helped you sign up is probably a commission person and directed you to some of these plans because that's how they make money. Always ask how oh. people make money. Always ask if it's a free service or it appears to be free, uh, how they are getting paid. Can they conceal whether or not they're uh, uh, a commission salesperson? They shouldn't, but again, most people don't even know to ask. Uh, it's just that you get called or you get something in the mail and you pick up the phone and call, and then you're in the loop and they're calling you like crazy and they're going to make it easy. All right, uh, John, thanks for the call. We're out of time. Just a reminder, there are so many options. Uh, as Brider mentioned, Medicare.gov is the best place to start. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. Our call screener today was Charles Arnold. For Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.